Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, like, no, 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 no. I've seen that in real life. Mace, you better fire it up, dude. Drive your fucking Wally Bird! The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. episode of suck session rich douchebags episode seven the return man we were supposed to have the big lord wazzy lambray with us today and i'm bummed out we didn't because this episode starts with kendall getting peer pressured into sending a dick pic by naomi god damn five dudes oh my god five dicks damn oh she starts chaining dick pic dick pic and then he eventually caves, but he has no idea how to do it, Eden. Supposedly. It was pretty funny, yeah, how he played like he's never done this before. I guess he could since he's been married and like he doesn't seem to be that much of a player. But come on, this is 2019. Who hasn't taken a dick pic? Wow, so both of you are saying that he's he's bullshitting here, that he's sent dick pics before. Come on, he's well, he's playing he's playing with her. He's trying to be shy. He's trying to be coy about it. He doesn't want to just give up the goods. He wants to act like, you know, this is new to him. It's cute. He's a little bit vulnerable. I, you know? I did I did sense it was a bit of a performance. Maybe he was just playing it up a little bit. All right, well, Shiv and Tom are bickering in the elevator up to Logan's place about what we will later learn is Shiv's memo. Kendall comes out of the bathroom in a super good mood. I don't know if he was playing. I think he was just feeling himself. He says, what up, sis? Yeah. Tom reacts. He says, wow, what was that? Mega dump in a line? (laughs) Shiv wants to thrash it out with Logan. Tom isn't worried at all about an internal investigation. He says that interview is going to be like slipping into a bubble bath. I'll just light a scent candle in there put some eagles on and start playing with myself this made me think of the bubble bath from the big lebowski but of course i hate the fucking eagles man can't be playing the eagles for your bubble bath tom wham's games he's a midwestern dude and that's what midwestern dudes listen to right yeah take it to the limit while you you play with yourself (laughs) jerry tells roman the shareholders want a ceo named and she's considering roman's proposal but she wants to independently background check him Logan immediately ducks Shiv, goes upstairs to watch a propaganda video sent out to the shareholders by Sandy and Stewie. Hey, brother, I'll get one. Sure thing. That'll be $18,000. Ever feel like you're being fed a bad investment? Logan Roy and his family are taking a once great media brand down a dead end. Corporate governance. Fail. Acquisition strategy. Fail. Succession planning. Fail. The Roy's are failing Waystar. As a shareholder, you can replace Logan Roy's rubber stamp board right now. Vote 
and let this year's shareholder meeting launch a fresh start for Waystar, the company you own. Cool. <laughs> so absurd. They need to retain two large shareholders in their 7%, which is the Ulsterman and Caroline, who is, of course, Logan's baby mama, the mother to the Roy clan children. So this means that they need to take a business trip to London, which terrifies Kendall for obvious reasons. He says, mm-hmm. what are we? A fucking octopus giving, like, reach-arounds <laughs> to every fish on the reef now? Or And Roman says, all right, relax, Branzino, porno man. <laughs> <laughs> Those one-liners, man. Oh, so boy. good. Logan decides they have to pull an all-nighter, and Roman gleefully delivers Shiv this news, and that is when they hit the opening credits. stupid oh dude shiv is like that was such an obvious setup is how stupid shiv has been the past four episodes an epic collapse Uh, well it seems like the only person that that uh raya needs to convince is logan and she's doing a pretty good job of that and that's the thing about this episode that had me a little bit not confused necessarily but i was just wondering was logan like Logan, half of it spent like he was an uh, evil genius with the way that he tugged on the Kendall leash, and half of it felt like he was being played by Rhea. So I just was not sure what was happening there, but it was very interesting, very compelling evil stuff. Genius. Evil genius. Oh, that was our one of our subtext questions from last week was how Machiavellian is Logan? And you're, you're exactly right, AC. It goes back and forth several times in this episode. But before we get to the good stuff, let's go off on a side <laughs> plot with Tom and Greg here. Sorry. Tom absolutely shits himself in this internal oh investigation. One of the most oh embarrassing perfor- and most like, obviously guilty performances <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ever in so the history funny. of internal investigations, he calls himself a minnow and Bill the sperm whale's wake. As soon as they ask about document destruction, he wilts, pretends he has to pee, and bails. He goes running to Shiv, complains about the investigation, makes a comment about getting hit in the face with a softball, which brings his athletic prowess back into question. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> We know he we can't know throw. Damn well, he can't throw. Took that ground ball right in the face. And he's familiar with softballs to the face. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives you an idea of the kind of blooper reels that Williams Games was throwing together back in high school. Shiv is super preoccupied with Logan and barely listens to him and leaves him hanging. So he shifts gears. He goes to Greg's place or Gregory's place. 
who's hosting a dinner party for the next wave, who are just talking shop for renewal. What, what, what's the next wave? I want a whole episode of Gregory and the Young totally. Bucks of, of Waystar Royco. <laughs> Do you think they were all in Waystar Royco? Or are they, or are they young media magnets like young coming club, together? Like, yeah. I kind of viewed it as like the the young up and comers of of Waystar, but maybe they are of of different media companies all coming together but this was hilarious to me because of course greg has this dope place right now right so he's he's a man of means amongst these he's folks flexing he's flexing <laughs> with his cocaine he's a minnow floating around the roys but then when he goes and hangs out with this crew he's the he's the big fish yes he's not fetching lattes Tom asked about the internal investigation. Greg says he got a haircut because he just wanted someone to soothingly touch his head. <laughs> Tom references <laughs> Gustav Klimt and Habeas Corpus. Greg doesn't want it to get nasty. Tom says no one will break his legs, but he'll tattle to Logan. Greg says he keeps the documents at the office because they're work. And then Tom decides he's going to sleep over at Greg's in order to stay with him the entire time. And then, of course threatens to break his legs <laughs> tom follows greg into his office in the morning he tries to get one last promotion to a corner office because of his neighbor's sneezing cartoonish sneezing and then we learn that he keeps the files in a folder labeled secret secret greg yeah but not top secret interesting just secret that's smart just so People know, you know, that these are secret. They're secret, yeah. I don't know, because sometimes the janitors, they come and they throw stuff out. And uh, But th look, the, the actual envelope says receipts. Ooh, but they're not, in fact, receipts. <gasps> Greg, you're a criminal mastermind. What polyglot genius could ever hope to crack your impenetrable code? Shut oh, up. God. Easy. Sorry. Between the, the soothing haircut and the, the secret folder, Greg, your boy Greg was really in top form in this episode. It's just all of that is so like everything you expect from Greg. Just like bumbling ridiculousness that somehow manages to still like be able to function day to day and not accidentally get run over by a car. Like sometimes I feel like Greg's that person and you know that's just like I don't understand how you haven't like walked into traffic yet or something. <laughs> I mean, he has the files in a folder labeled secret. <laughs> I love when Tom was like, Oh, you didn't label it top secret. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. just secret. And I was just like, <laughs> 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 just like oh, And his reason for it, of course, is also so Greg. Like, what if the cleaning guy saw it and accidentally thought it was trash, you'd throw it away. But now that it's labeled secret, he knows that it's it's not something that's just trash. I just you cannot make it up. I can't root for Greg <laughs> any harder. Like, give me more of this, please. He's such a goofball, and the actor is like six eight, which yeah, is always so funny. Is He's that so, right? Yeah, because yeah. Tom is pretty tall. Yeah. Wow. Six eight. Oh I think that's God. what adds to it is just because he's like this giant human, Six, but like eight labels folders, secret files as a, with like they labeled in giant letters secret. Like it's like it's amazing. How he, he wasn't on Game of Thrones. <laughs> he's not British. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been Jon Snow. Oh man, that would have been very different. Be like that would have been so different. Well, that's the thing about Thrones, you know. In the books, they were all huge. So <laughs> really funny. funny. That's in the funny. show, I didn't that, know that. yeah, 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 they were enormous people in the books. Greg's in the bathroom. He's trying to. It seems like he's trying to psych himself up for his questioning or something. Totally. But it, but it turns out he's practicing recording stuff on his phone. He gets stuck on a prison tangent, and he says, "Blow rape, rape of the mail." <laughs> you this look like wind. you might take to this. <laughs> Just rambling. Oh, uh, he tries to simulate wind noise by flapping his hands, 
And then he tries to incriminate Tom on his audio recording while they're burning the documents. Greg says, put on the disappearing sauce. Sauce it. Sauce it. <laughs> Tom has to get a different lighter. Greg, Greg grabs a few documents and crams them into his pants. Amazing. And Tom prays to the Lord of Malfeasance. My, oh my. What a, what a side tangent. I mean, th- this one wasn't as good to me as the Argestes coming up with the new slogan plot, but it was still pretty hilarious. No, I mean, they're they're really sort of the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this whole production. Exactly. He grabbed like three documents here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is there anything that could possibly save him or incriminate someone on this stuff? Well, is Tom going to go down for this? Because Shiv didn't give him an answer. It feels like that might be where we're headed. And it's kind of funny because he spent his entire time at the company, like, trying to avoid, like, this is the situation that he was thrown into at the beginning, right? Like, this was, like, one of the first things he ever had to deal with, so it's, like, kind of, like, coming full circle for him, maybe? I don't know. He's been trying to tell Siobhan about it the entire time, and she's been kind of, like, whatever, you got it. doesn't want to talk about it, yeah. That's a great question. I mean... It's also hard to predict what this show is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we could we could skip five months and Tom might have already done his white collar sentence. Uh, well, I also so- don't see the value in doing that, though. Like him going down. Yeah. Like, what does that accomplish for the story? You know? Well, he did, he wasn't there at the time, but he so he would he would go down for destruction. Well, of yeah, right. right for trying um, to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine him not sidestepping this. Ultimately, I feel like they're going to take it to the precipice, and somehow somebody will get distracted in a different direction, and he'll manage to escape the blame. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds more likely. Like, we think that his time's finally up, but then he randomly gets bailed out by some act of God or act of Logan. <laughs> exactly. Act of God, right? <laughs> right. <We're... laughs> yeah, I mean, that's sort of how I see the whole show happening, you know? Logan buys the police force. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like exactly whatever's going to happen with Waystar Royco. It's the same thing, you know, like, like, uh, what's his name will actually die of syphilis. And it wasn't just a rumor and Stu- what, not Stewie, the, what's the hell's the guy's name? Sandy. Sandy will actually have syphilis and everybody like, oh, we can't get behind a guy with syphilis. We're voting with uh, Logan. That would that would be a good payoff to that joke. All right, let's get to the Roy boys on tour. Okay, so we have quite a scene here between Logan and Roman in the car. It starts off with him complaining about Serge, one of the pilots who likes to get his dick wet, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Logan attempts what he might believe is an apology, but it is not even close. He says, did I even make contact? And that's not something I do, you know. It's an apology turned into a denial. I love it when Roman was Mm -hmm. like, are we even talking about the same thing? I know. (laughs) like what are we talking about here exactly because that's just how oh yeah it was a total non-apology but logan definitely thought he was apologizing yeah i guess i was starting to think okay so maybe it wasn't a bunch of physical abuse but mostly mental yeah psychological Mm -hmm. Yeah. Roman wants nothing to do with this conversation and he's so desperate to change the topic that he just starts yeah. saying the things that he sees in front of him. Fucking cars, buildings everywhere. I did like Logan's line. Like, I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God. I think that my position in light of our conversation last week has not changed. I think that there still is a history of abuse, but that the denial is just so thick. Yeah. Well, that's possible too. Right. That Logan is completely in denial of it. It's not something I do when clearly he has outbursts that are outside of his control kind of often. And Roman's suppression of it, you know, also kind of seemed familiar. So yeah, it was interesting that they threw this scene in there and 
it's still just it's so murky it's so mm-hmm. the past is so curious we know the psychological abuse is oh, yeah. not going so you don't even need the physical abuse to traumatize these kids I mean, jeez, they put them in, they also put them in a dog cage. I see what you're saying, though, um, Maze, where it's like, in that Logan is in denial about this being an issue, there's no real way for, like, Roman to, like, work through it. Because it's like, how can you work through this issue with someone if they don't even think it's happening? Yeah. So it's like, I can see how it's just something that's festered for their entire lives. Like, within the relationship and like I'm just thinking about it from like an objective third party perspective and it's just like there's no way you can resolve it if if the person is in complete like it's just like Logan doesn't even process that what he's what he did like or what he's done and Roman in turn is not allowed to process it either yeah mm-hmm. exactly like he can't because logan's stuck there so roman can't get any further in processing it and for himself therefore how fucked up he is so Rhea is waiting for them under the on the private jet under the flimsy guise of going to check out some theater and the first thought of a potential sexual relationship emerges when logan is so happy to see her when he gets on the plane roman says roy boy's on tour and we got him in all sizes alpha beta <laughs> Logan wonders out loud to Rhea if he has the energy for another long fight with Sandy. And then Logan asks Rhea for her thoughts on his children in a scene that demonstrated just how self-aware the show's writers are. We've had some private polling on potential next CEOs who play well. I'd value your thoughts. On the kids. Who's got it? Oh, I could do with a clear eye. As okay. Well, she thinks she's smarter than she is. Roman could actually be good, but um, but nowhere near right now. Kendall's, I don't know. It's like you put him in a big diaper, and now he can shit himself whenever he likes. Uh, he has all the shots, but he doesn't know when to play them. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I love this little breakdown from Rhea here and I want to know what you guys think so Shiv thinks she's smarter than she is we're all in agreement that that is that is playing out before our eyes right yeah she says Roman could actually be good which my question is how How? I don't I don't yeah. <laughs> In what setting? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Not CEO. Be good. Yeah. Kendall is in a big diaper, which I didn't really get that one either, necessarily. Like, obviously we know that Kendall is on Logan's leash, but we know that for reasons that are not made clear to the public. Is that just the humility of him coming back after trying a takeover? I think so, yeah. Like, he shit the bed. But he was taken back into the fold where anybody else who had tried that coup in a company would be gone, as, as evidenced by Rhea. <laughs> Summarily like fired. general demeanor, like ever since the murder, it's like even though nobody knows why he all of a sudden became like, you know, Logan's little puppet, whatever, marionette, um, it's like it's still like – shows through his behavior that it's like there's just like this subservient air about him yeah and it's unclear i mean how much raya knew prior to this season about this family right i mean is he asking her in the context of the broader business world and what she knows or is this just given your experience over the past two months with my family what's your take you know yeah i think it's probably more the latter but it, it is still that her fresh eyes is what he he says. So it just have somebody that's not him <laughs> that he actually respects. Give an opinion. Yeah. While this is happening, Kendall and Roman speculate on the nature of Logan's relationship with Rhea. 
There's a reference to an ex named Sally Ann in the the Summer of the Horses, which is <laughs> another spinoff episode that maybe <laughs> I would love to see sometime. Roman compares it to a rhino and a hummingbird having sex, which is super close to the rhino and sparrow metaphor that Rhea used last episode. So Roman and Rhea are on the same page here. Roman starts imagining it, and Kendall jokes that he's aroused. Logan asks the boys what they think of Shiv's memo to Roman's great delight, and we get some insight into what exactly this thing was. I I paused it when it's on Rhea's iPad, and the title was The Three Bridges, Consumers, Creators, and Capital, A Nine-Point Roadmap for Expansion. Kendall says, I think the twin quotes from Thomas Aquinas and Amelia Earhart really kick us off with a bang the quotes were no borders just horizons only freedom by amelia Earhart, and the greatest kindness one can render to any man consists in leading him from error to truth so my question was Ah. are these is this memo sent only to logan from shiv or who did she send it to my understanding was that she sent it to him for his review yeah and then he shared it with them because she was waiting for his feedback. But she was planning on sending it to everybody. Wasn't clear to me. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't clear to me either. Because everybody in the circle knew about it. Right. Yeah, I think Logan Logan had shared it with with Rhea and Kendall and Roman. But, yeah, it, it, it just seemed weird. I didn't understand why Shiv would send something like this to her dad, just her dad. It seemed overly formal. It did, and then I was like, "Did she send it to the whole company?" But then she's super embarrassed when yeah. she learns that other people have read it. Mm-hmm. So th- that was a little confusing. But that's one of the things the show does when they they talk about something that's already happened and bring us up to speed on it. Just want to bring up again overlap with uh, gemstones here. We had the formal email sent to Daddy, which he didn't yeah. read. Absolutely, <laughs> shuts down her dreams. She just wants a little work on the side. Yeah, but Shiv's not looking for a release like Judy Gemstone was in the in the dressing room. <laughs> Children of the corn. Children of the corn. Sounds great, baby. I'm not even doing songs yet, BJ. Sure as heck better sound better than this out there or I'm done. You want some of this hot tea to help you relax (laughs) or, you know, I could help you stretch for the clogging. Know what you can help me do? You can help me out by being good. What? I am good. Get that ass out. Baby, hey. Get over there. Hey. Make those cheeks red, bitch. Settle down. What am I supposed to do, BJ? Just stand in the corner and jack myself like a fucking monster? I need a release, dude. I'm skittish as a squirrel right now. Come on, Jude, just breathe, okay? In, out. That's what I'm trying to get you to do, go in and out on me with that snowy white dip. Ah! Give it. Calm down. That's not how you're gonna get it. God dang, PJ, you're being such an asshole. Guess I'll just have to get somebody from the audience to finger me. Yeah, okay. I know you're kidding, okay? Uh, and that's just the anxiety talking. Is that? So I'm gonna let that slide over me like a fish. I have something for you. It's your start gift. I know you were coveting Kelvin's new soda machine, and I wanted you to know you're just as important as he is. BJ, the thing is, Kelvin's soda machine has all the sodas. Don't worry, girl. I got you a variety of different syrups. You're gonna be awesome today, Lollipop. I just know it. Whatever. Fuck you. I love you. Sorry, I'm nervous. I love you. I'm gonna go out to the car. Why don't you stay here and make yourself come? Well, oh my god. Yeah, that that's scene true. was so crazy. That's the gemstone <laughs> version of it. <laughs> But we have discussed Shiv needing her own releases, though. (laughs) Really white dick. (laughs) Heads out trolling, you know. (laughs) Heads out to the deuce. (laughs) Coffee shop. Heads heads out to the deuce. That's yeah. That's the crossover (laughs) episode we need. Which which deuce character would Shiv be most likely to hook up with? I mean, Frankie. Frankie. Uh, Single Frankie before he got married. 
Yeah, Frankie before we got married. Logan asked for the protein again, which is quickly becoming one of his catchphrases. They joke about how they blame Shiv for her lack of experience. Boy, boy, do they quickly and happily gang up on Shiv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were right into that tire. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, Roman had quite an episode dancing on, on Shiv's grave here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he eviscerated her in the open scene. Just delightfully shitting on her over and over again. And, I, I, yeah, you're right, Jake. When, when Logan proposes that they discuss the memo, Kendall and Roman are like, are you serious? We get to... <laughs> <laughs> we get to crap on Shiv's super haughty memo. Like, obviously, we're down. Logan and Rhea have a nightcap by the fire. Logan questions whether Siobhan is the right decision. Rhea offers to make it go away. And then, while staring into his whiskey glass, Logan the Lothario says, You want to stay over or what? <laughs> Rhea goes, Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Eden, what the fuck is happening here? We, we danced around this all episode. Man, honestly, I, I, like, what, what does that even mean, though? Like, was that an invite? Like, what does that mean? It, it was such, I felt uncomfortable, personally, watching that scene. Because it's Logan, and he's super old. Like, barely able. Yeah. I mean, was he, though? Is that what was happening? Or, yeah. I, Ugh. He's a rhino, Eden. I didn't want to think about that, though. Like, yeah, and and I mean, her, like, what her response? Like, what the hell hmm. kind of response was that? She wasn't expecting it. Like, yeah, right. Like, you got yeah. on a plane with mm-hmm. him. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we know what's going you on. You weren't here. expecting it. Like, bullshit. Like, That's overall uncomfortable level. Like, like eight point five, nine, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we'll put a pin in that because there's more that develops on this front throughout the rest of the episode. Jerry calls Roman to review the items that popped up in his background check, which he denies. Getting jerked off by a personal trainer. AC, did did Roman get jerked (laughs) off by his personal trainer? (laughs) How much you want to bet? (laughs) That's an an absolute yes, right? No, because that's what requires touching. Oh, my God. That's that's hand to flesh contact it doesn't fit his profile but like this is his whole background report you're telling me he never had that happen once i'm guessing he probably did before i don't think he's always been this way this might be one of those things that just cropped up as of recently in the uh in the time span of this actual show but lord knows what roman was doing before I mean, Jake, a personal trainer can be pretty demeaning and mean which is his trigger point you know what i'm saying That's so true. and did they did they say what the gender of the trainer was not revealed yeah because no. he, he had a guy trainer in season that. one right oh yeah he did You're that right. was like helping him stretch out like yeah all right and then the second one is a face tattoo ac what are, do, do we think roman got a face tattoo maybe i don't know i don't know if i see him with a face tattoo what? i mean maybe eh. I don't know. still have evidence of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think yeah. that one's a no for me. I'm, I'm not buying yeah. that one. No. But I wanted yeah, a longer no. list. I was bummed out it was only two things. Because then he gets interrupted <laughs> by Kendall, who's sharing a headline of Sandy's tabloid that is targeting Logan with the death of the waiter from the season finale last season. Roman was hanging out with Edward, the rich douchebag from last episode. And he presses Kendall on what he was up to. Kendall wonders aloud if Logan is alone. We <laughs> we have Roman pressuring Kendall to go interrupt Logan. Yeah, and this was great. He, he hopes that he'll <laughs> walk in on him banging Rhea. Uh, Kendall goes to wake up Logan and <laughs> Logan wakes up and goes, Where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great wake up. 
<laughs> There's a conference call with Jerry, Carolina, and Hugo, who Logan blames for bad advice. They decide Logan will go and apologize to the family. Roman asks Logan if he had a fun night. Logan gets defensive, and then Naomi Pierce emerges. Naomi, clearly hard at work at her rehab center in Mill Valley, jet-setting to Venice for the Biennale, and then London for some Kendall D. <laughs> we learn that Nan took the month off to visit British Columbia. Are these two fucked up rich coke addicted kids going to make it, Jake? <laughs> we got to root for them. <laughs> they do kind of seem perfect for each other. Yeah, they really Kendall smile and uh, and all all the time we've known him. Two broken people. <laughs> But hope, hopes are quickly dashed. Yeah, the only other time he was happy was when he did like gas station meth in New Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> no, really, yeah totally. The real question is, will Logan let him? Oh man, yeah, Logan. He kicks Naomi out so he can talk strategy for Caroline. Kendall proposes reopening the divorce settlement. Logan says offer her ten million, but it'll go as high as fifty million. Anything under fifty million, he'll split with the boys. Logan giggles at Roman's description of Caroline's horrendous cooking, and Roman jokes he'll spend the extra money on therapy. Logan says, yeah, before catching himself and going, oh, yeah, well, no, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall asks Logan about Rhea, suggests she could be playing him, and then he just walks into a fucking buzzsaw. Logan hits him with... You're the one who's cunt-struck. Whoa, okay, uh... <laughs> No, I, I, I'm just... Which is yeah. the line of the season to me. I actually shouted at the TV when this happened. <laughs> Kendall delightedly mentions his day-date plans with Naomi, but Logan has other ideas. Okay, well, uh, I think Na Naomi wants me to take her to the Regent's Park Zoo. Apparently we're in a fucking Simon and Garfunkel song. So um, I, I think we should do a bit of uh, brainstorming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Will you come with me? As in? Down to the boy's family. Right. I mean, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. We should stick together on this. Don't you agree? And we see Kendall go from legitimately happy for the first time all season to absolutely crushed once again. And not all, not to mention just creating this situation for himself by antagonizing Logan. Yep. You know, the whole time you just go, what the, shut the fuck up, dude. That was Same one thing of with those, Shib. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, think before you speak. We're going down a bad path here. That's what happens when you lost in the sauce, Jake. Sauce it, sauce it. <laughs> I, I mean, it. is he traveling with drugs? Oh, no, I wasn't talking about the drugs. I was talking about her. <laughs> oh, about yeah. Okay, I was talking yeah. about his lady. Yeah, his I lady. Know, he ain't been this be happy so, in a minute. You think he's he'd be so excited to get out? You think he'd be so excited to get out? He'd go, I'll just bring this stuff up later. <laughs> yeah, just see this I, line of questioning at a later date. So you think that this is entirely retaliation by Logan for Kendall uh, trying to get into his personal life? Yes, that's how I read it. Yeah, thinking about it now, in retrospect, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But he was you, pissed. Oh my gosh. There was a cadence that, that, uh, that he used in the way that he spoke about it, where he made it seem like he was being fatherly. In the way that he he talked about going over to the victim's family and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, he did it in such a way where it was cruel, but it was so subtle that like us watching at home, I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my god, this is so agonizing watching, but yeah, it was, it was delivered, yeah, it was delivered tremendously. I I thought it was retaliation, but it could also be read that it was the plan all along. True. I'm I'm with um, you, Jake. I feel like he was he was trying to make him suffer a little. <laughs> but when he <laughs> said, "You're the one who's struck," I mean, that's an angry line. That's an angry line. Yeah. You know, there's really no other way to read that. It's also spot on. 
Because Kendall's out here daydreaming about going to the zoo. She really is, yeah. They never described. Uh, I was supposed to take Shiobi to the zoo later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was just Logan reminding Kendall, like, hey, at the end of the day, don't try nothing funny. I own you, bro. yourself, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I own you. Kind of doing that to everybody. Yeah, true. I I mean, the funny thing was there was a lightness prior to that, right? Mm -hmm. So Kendall didn't even read the scene well. Oh, yeah, he didn't see it coming. Like, we had Logan laughing at Roman's jokes. Like, cracking up. um, And then feeling good as he was sending him off to do the work of, you know, turning his mother around. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and just Logan's whole, uh, Kendall's whole approach was poorly thought out. Yeah. I thought there were layers to this Logan action by, by putting Kendall through this, but we'll, we'll get to that as we, as we go through the rest of this episode. Shiv, AKA Malala Roy arrives and finds only an exultant Roman waiting for her. Do you know nothing of the company you're supposed to be taking over? You know, Waystar, Waystar Royco, we do hate speech and roller coasters. In this scene, it appears that Shiv sent the memo to only Logan and he circulated it to people without her knowing, despite not responding to her on it. And she's pissed, so she goes and has lunch with Rhea. Rhea is all over the place. Uh, She implies that she's banging Logan without explicitly saying it. And then she convinces Shiv that she could float Shiv as the new CEO of Pierce, a.k.a. the job she was just fired from. Yeah. And Shiv eats that shit right out of the palm of her hand, Eden. Just too easy. And I just, I felt like Rhea was overacting. Like, yes, that was, what, this was another confusing element. Like, she's acting like she's all infatuated with Logan. Yeah, and, like, the shameless sucking up to Shiv during the conversation was, like, I just really like you, you know? Like, you know, it's, like, what is that even based on? Like, why why Shiv, you idiot, do you think that this lady just believes in you? Like, because you're Logan Roy's daughter? Like, get the fuck over yourself. Like, if you couldn't see through that, like, man, you deserve to, like... Yeah, there's a really good parallel between the way Rhea plays uh, the Roys and how Nan immediately saw the the deceit from uh, coming from her and what her true intention was the entire time. So Nan just smoked that out and sniffed that out real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And in this episode, you just see that she's playing almost everybody. So it's it's very interesting parallel. And Shiv just leans into her frustration with her dad. And she says that line about how suddenly she's found herself in the position of what does daddy think (laughs) dictating her entire life. And so I, I sort of see it from that angle, but also just really dumb of her. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, we're like, where's the thinking here? You know, how about, how about I'll think about it and get back to you. Maybe I don't want to make that decision right here, right now. Like, and what? So you're, you have, you just got fired in the most acrimonious way. Mm -hmm. You got dismissed at our, you know, at the conference on the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And you have pulled? Yeah, that's a good point. Like... (laughs) Let me follow this thread now. Yeah, maybe that's not going to fly with me. And maybe, maybe Logan won't respect that. (laughs) Do you know your father? Do you know your father? Come on. It goes to show you how the Roys are, man. The Roys are so used to all, all getting what they want. And then just seeing how each of them in their own way either gets played by, by, by Rhea or just not seeing the obvious situation that's that's uh, at hand, just because uh, Shiv sees an opportunity at, at, arising immediately, and she just wants to pounce on it. Yeah, and it, it at least revealed, this episode at least revealed Logan's true thinking on the matter. He mm-hmm. truly yeah. does not want a successor. And he certainly doesn't seem to want to give it to one of his kids. Yeah. Like that, 
feels like an obligation that he doesn't want to follow through on, as we know, because we just don't think he wants to ever not be in power. Well, this episode is the first time that we got the feeling that he might want to pass it on, on the power to someone else, though, right? Yeah. No, I think all, he's think only so? doing that out of the sense of obligation, right? Yeah, it's because of the shareholders demanding a new CEO to be named. So that's that's why he has to assemble this list. That's why he's talking to Rhea. That's why he's considering it right now is because he's kind of being backed into a corner here by the, the proxy battle in the shareholder meeting. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Like this is this is damage control now. Oh, and okay. again, they they only want a successor named, they don't seem to need a plan for right. when that succession's going to happen. Yeah, or him to turn over the keys. Or, right, yeah. right. So isn't it kind of like Which is, meaningless? I mean, it's funny. I don't... Settle down, Eden. Sorry. It's <laughs> one of those areas where I'm like, is this really true? You know, like, I don't... I've never really... I've never heard of this in business that yeah. companies have to have a succession plan. All I can think of is just Rupert Murdoch selling Fox instead of handing it over to his kids. That's all that that I can think of in terms of real world situations. But I can imagine. Well, that was different, though. That was a sale. Yeah. I can imagine if you have an elderly CEO who had health problems that suddenly everything would be cast into doubt. But right, right. It is definitely hyper dramatized. Yeah. And he's not really having health problems anymore. You know, he's going to die eventually. (laughs) (laughs) So is every CEO. (laughs) And so many of them are old. I mean, I know today in this world of startups, so many of them are young. Um, But at these kind of, let's say, blue chip companies, most of these guys are in their 60s, you know? That's true, yeah. Well, how often is there a company that's, owned and operated by the founder that's this big that is the ceo normally it's like most of these companies go through a lot of ceos right yeah the only two i can think of are, are viacom and fox like you said you know sumner redstone super <laughs> murdoch and sumner redstone got really old but he handed it over he did he did have ceos he just handed it to like a Rhea type is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He had real CEOs running, you know, Viacom and CBS. Mm-hmm. You remember the famous Les Moonves? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> How could I forget a name like that? <laughs> Logan and Kendall are in the car. Logan is discussing his evening plans of horse racing and gets defensive at Kendall about Rhea yet again. They drive across the bridge where Kendall killed the waiter before arriving at the house. Logan continues to tug the leash, as AC said in the chat, making Kendall come inside with him. He literally calls Kendall a Labrador. What a scene here as the forlorn Kendall enters the house, looks at the photos of the boy he killed before awkwardly sitting in the kitchen. The uncle enters to make tea and offers him some water. And then Kendall washes the glass. And I was thinking that this may be the only time he's ever washed dishes in his entire fucking silver spoon existence. (laughs) And it's the Uh smallest way to relieve his guilt to just not leave them a dirty water glass. Kendall wants to talk to the family, but Logan can't wait to leave and appears to not acknowledge the consequences of what he did to his son here. And then he's in the car talking about the family, the poor bastards. They didn't know how to cope. (laughs) They were embarrassed because they knew he was a druggie. And then they cut to the catatonic Kendall's face. Shit. My God. Oh, man. So this this is the big question. Is Logan doing all of this on purpose or is part of this ignorance? Like, the, the way he treats them when they're leaving, it's like he has no idea what he's doing to him. Yeah, but, like, it's... You have to... I mean, I guess we did learn earlier in this episode that Logan is someone that exercises a, a decent amount of denial. So, is there a chance that Logan doesn't really think about what he has over Kendall as something as serious, like, as... What like the guilt that's eating Kendall up inside? You know, does I that make sense? Both. I think it's both. I think that Logan is effectively a narcissist, mm-hmm. and that on the one hand, 
there is the manipulative component where he knows exactly what he's doing by bringing him there and putting right. him through this situation and reminding him that this is the crux of their new relationship. Right. He's lording this over him, right? But on the other hand, he's there on the ride. He did have this experience and he just wants to say his piece on what actually occurred, right? And that's yeah. the way he feels. So it's a it's a bit of both. He's just talking to him like he might talk to his assistant. Like with zero bastards. sensitivity. Yeah, zero. Well, he has he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Except yeah. in the most abstract sense, you know, right. this kind of philosophical notion of empathy. But do you but, remember how, like, how kind of concerned he was, like, right after it happened, though? Like, he was being pretty, who? like, Logan was pretty... You're my number one boy. Yeah, like, yeah, he was that pretty, was a, that he was a performance, a, though. a lot of, like, positive reinforcement. Yeah, but that was manipulative, like, too. I yeah. think that at the end of the day, I that's what it, it like all is. trying to, like, be there for him in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, but that was, to me was like like Stockholm syndrome kind of yeah. situation where it's like the abuser acting like the hero. That's yeah. true. You know? um, and I just read that all as pure manipulation. Like you're, I'll take care of you. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I feel I'll like sweep it's... this under the rug. Come here and give me a hug, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like in this instance, um. He threw it in his face without throwing it in his face. Like he didn't do it like in the in the angry, like really, really spiteful way. But like I said, there was just like this cadence in the way that he spoke and the way that he kind of just subtly, but with us know with us knowing this whole situation, uh, watching it on television, what he was doing was just so. It, it, that's where like the whole evil genius thing like was playing with me uh, with this episode with with Logan because you know part of it he's he, like earlier when he's waking up in the bed he's like where the fuck am I and then this other half it just seems like he's just pulling the puppet strings on Kendall and it's just it was amazing to watch and really uncomfortable at the same time sinister yes yeah. absolutely. I definitely think it's both. Uh, I think I think part of it is that Logan knows that this whole mess is actually Kendall's fault. So he's not going to get out of right. doing yeah. the work to go there and, you know, be there right. for the apology and be there for the strategizing. But he doesn't understand or he underestimates the emotional effect that it'll have on Kendall because he has no attachment to it because he wasn't involved. And he might not really know how empathetic Kendall is in this very strange way. And Logan's also not interested in emotions. Right. Also true, yes. Fundamentally, doesn't really give a shit about emotions. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Which is a sociopath, right? I mean... Oh yeah, sociopath, sorry. And, and as much as... That's kind of, I think... Part of what we learned from his exchange with Marsha at the dinner table when he said, you know, when we first met, she told me her whole life story. And she's like, I talked to you for a year straight. I couldn't tell you my whole life story. So he's he's happy in a superficial world of emotional exchanges um, and really has no broader awareness, like you say, of, of what any of these people are going through emotionally and doesn't give a fuck. Right. So Roman and Shiv shop at a bodega to get snacks before they head to Caroline's. <laughs> Caroline immediately demonstrates her kitchen ineptitude, bringing out a pan full of pigeon that still has birdshot in it. She says she doesn't want a great bolus of gubbins, which I had to look up. It means a mass of chewed fish scraps. Ew. Oh, boy. Bolus of gubbins sounds like a dope punk band. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> a, 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 a shitty punk band. A dope. They're that's sick. Sh- Have you heard a, their second album, Jake? They really get into it on track four. Well, they're Irish, so they're they're unintelligible. Their lyrics are unintelligible. Oh, man. It's just just accented howling. (laughs) 
Um, you know, does it get to a point where you're so rich in England that you don't even buy food? You just have second-rate hunters go shoot your food down? And why is pigeon on the menu? Pigeon gets eaten? I have no fucking idea. It's such a bit that she's terrible at cooking and that they mm. they hit it multiple times in this episode, but she, she delivers there at the end. Shiv asks, how are you? And Caroline is offended. <laughs> <laughs> the whole family is so fucked up. Yeah, they really are. She says, so should I be, should I be mother? Before cutting the shit and getting straight to negotiations, she does pirouettes around Roman and taunts him by saying he's not good at them. Caroline wants the Summer Palace or $20 million in custody of Christmas and leaves the decision up to Logan. There are multiple references to Rory and his tobacco and hash monstrosities, and I couldn't figure out if it was either her new man or a child that she had with another man that we haven't met oh i thought that was her man i thought it could have been a son but you're right could be either i thought it was a son yeah the tobacco and hash thing was a little strange you know thinking well is she with somebody comparable to logan's age but you know that's a british thing could be a child of the 60s it's a cheap spliff if you're doing it with hash, that is a harsh motherfucker, but it's been done. Oh, it's funny. It's funny the way you, but your, your read is interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought of it, but that almost makes more sense given the way she was characterizing. He's quite clever. I assumed it was the new husband, but, and I thought, did we meet a new husband at the wedding? I don't recall that. And then I go back to the wedding episode and there's nobody named Rory that shows up in that episode. So I don't know. Kendall returns to the dead boy's house in the rain and crams money through the mail slot before waking every everybody up and almost certainly being seen. He really wants to tell his mom about what happened, to have someone else to talk to, but she doesn't want to deal with anything difficult and postpone their discussion till morning. Then in the morning, she ditches her children before breakfast and leaves them a a note saying that she's very busy. (laughs) I really don't want to talk to Kendall about whatever's on his mind, so I'm just leaving very early. She really doesn't want to be mother after all. Wow. Wow. She wants Christmas, but she yep, don't want to talk. Christmas, That's what I was That's just right. thinking. She wants mm-hmm. Christmas, though. But as we were reminded in the wedding episode, their mom sucks, too. It's not just their dad. No. Their mom also sucks. Yeah. <laughs> these kids had no chance. Oh, these kids. <laughs> they have the money. Mm-hmm. But that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. No emotional sustenance whatsoever. Oh, man. Would you make that trade? Money for nothing else? Uh... I mean that's, that's a great question. I don't get to keep my I don't get to keep my current mentality, so I'm gonna say no, Jake. No, you got it's that money, but you're fundamentally different. If I was a rich douchebag, I'd probably care a lot less about other stuff. Though. <laughs> you wouldn't care about the mentality you have right now, exactly. Mate. Yeah. You'd be uh, you'd be running whores to a hotel room, you know. <laughs> You'd be calling up Michael Gandolfini and Big Mike. Fatter lines, dude. Fatter lines. Oh, man. So I might be 10 of your friends, but only paying for five. So I, I, I do want to say I did find interesting that this was the second time this season where we see Kendall, like, on the precipice of completely, like, breaking down to somebody as he did um, with Siobhan and that other... Yeah, wanting to let that go. It feels like we're going to get that at some point. That's a a good premonition. Yeah, because now this is the second time. This is the second time, and usually three times is a charm. Mm. Well... Who's more likely to break first? Kendall confessing this murder to someone, or Greg pulling his little trump card and, and... but breaking open this scandal story. <laughs> oh, I feel like Greg. <laughs> Greg is way jazz. more likely. <laughs> well, here's the thing. With Greg, it's going to be an accident. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay? That's true. He only, he only missteps his way forward. That's, that's the only way he advances his <laughs> so career true. is by accident. Definitely going to be unintentional. Uh, and oh, that's man. probably the problem with these three crumpled pages he grabbed by the fire, which 
probably don't have much evidentiary material yeah. themselves mm-hmm. except to prove that documents were destroyed right. and evidence was hidden. Good point. Yeah. Shiv goes to see Logan and presses him for an answer to her memo. Logan says, I have an entree the size of Argentina. <laughs> it's just such a flex. Daddy Gemstone. <laughs> <laughs> Shiv asks if it's still her, and Logan ambushes her ass about trying to get the Pierce job with the ammunition from Rhea. Back on the jet, Roman seeks an attaboy for screwing mom out of the deal. Rhea makes an Oedipus reference. Logan thanks Rhea for her help and then asks her to help him assemble an outside shortlist for CEO. Shiv calls Kendall and says to be careful. We officially have a new player in the game, and it is Rhea Jarrell, who, as you so eloquently put it, was fired in a valet area last week. <laughs> now she's she's a major player. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how did you read that final scene, the call? Because now we have a seeming alignment again between Shiv and Kendall. Yes. Well is he just playing a part sometimes? I mean, clearly Roman is not aligned with Shiv. He wants what she's after. They're effectively enemies in this scenario because they both want the same top job right they want to be the successor and both feel they have a line in but i think there's an element of that they would still rather it be someone in the family than anyone outside of it so maybe that's why she's like she wants to get that point across to kendall but it's not necessarily an alliance yeah well, I saw that they're trying to get uh, Marsha involved next week. Well, that's the. But my question is: Has an alliance been formed that the show's not showing us? I think it's more what Eden said. I think it's just like you're coming on our territory out of necessity. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I can beat up my little brother, but you can't, right? Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. this is a fight between us. Like someone mm-hmm. else is trying to like interfere now, and that's not cool because like we should just well, keep it between us. I only mention it because we know. I mean, if we can take Kendall at his word to say when he says it's not going to be me, mm-hmm. and that maybe he doesn't even want it at this point. Um, it has all the, you know, cause there was a shift, right? He broke down on his shoulder, but then there was all this tension over the next couple of episodes between them culminating in this scene where they're ridiculing her memo at the beginning of this episode. Okay, but we never see Kendall and Shiv together in this episode, only Roman and Shiv. Right. And then, and then when we finally get Kendall and Shiv together, there's an, a kind of surprising intimacy, I thought. I don't know, there was always like a, there was like a presupposed agreement between them to me, like underlying that conversation. Yeah, I don't think that the way that they've been going at each other in these strategy meetings necessarily belies the moment where he puts his head on her shoulder. I think that Mm -hmm. those are kind of two separate things. I think even if Shiv were to take over, Kendall Mm -hmm. would continue to disagree with her publicly like this just because they don't have the same views on how to handle this business. But, I I mean, Shiv is just in the fucking shitter. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's spiraling out. Yeah. Done. She's got nothing. So she's calling Kendall because she's worried that She's already taken a blow from Logan, and then Rhea might make another move, which right. would sabotage the entire family business, right? Well, Rhea's move is, I mean, I would think gonna, she's going to put herself on the short list, right? Absolutely. Which yeah. means she's going to get a big gig there, like COO or something. Remove she was in the same spot that Kendall was in last season. Very much so. The thing that adds the wrinkle is the, the possible sexual relationship or not, right? Right. Like, is, yeah, is Rhea having sex with Logan in order to try to get this job? Uh, do they have an actual hummingbird rhino connection? Gross. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, she's obviously... 
a liar and a manipulator and a player, but he also does respect her. And I think she isn't just exclusively using him on that front. So it's, it'll be interesting. I mean, I was not, was not expecting Ray to be on this plane. I was not expecting no. her to be this involved after her graceless exit last episode. So it's it's good to have another player in the game, and it, it kind of justifies this Holly Hunter casting. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was a big casting, and they're going to see it through. Yeah, we're in the home stretch. Oh, boy, yeah. it's going to be I interesting mean, really, to see how it ends. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of time jump we're looking at. We we, we a month out? What's what's already in motion, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's already happened that we don't know about? That is a tough part of the show. Like, the, the first time around, Shiv and Tom are talking in the elevator. You have no idea what the fuck she's talking about. Right. Yeah. And it's only much later in the episode when you get any insight into what she actually said and why she feels the way that she feels. Yeah, you really are. We're always playing catch up at the outset trying to kind of get our feet solidified to understand what were you know what we missed that they didn't show us this was another jam-packed episode full of amazing one-liners lots of action lots of development all the characters really had moments to shine kendall in that house though i mean the the thing that jesse armstrong said about jeremy strong and inhabits kendall so fully i mean you could feel it (laughs) yeah well, how much true. money do you think that was, by the way? That he jammed through the, the door yeah. there? That he yeah. unceremoniously jammed through like, the door. Like 15 grand? Do you think so? That much? And I say probably 10. So it's basically the, the British pound notes they handed him before they left the States so he'd have some walking around cash. It's his Roy per <laughs> diem, or it's the leftovers from the, the settlement with the mom, although that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> what do you mean, the leftovers? <laughs> In cash. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Logan's not paying her that money. He's not? What do you mean? He's probably, very comfortable probably draft the, up the agreement <laughs> and Just figure out a way vote, not yeah. to not to send the money. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, after the vote happens, say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. How much would we say? Four million? <laughs> he could not wait to give up that twenty and didn't care about losing the kids for Christmas. He's just like, Oh, I have to I get to pay less. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to pay the full fifty. I mean, I loved how completely onto his shit Caroline was though. That was pretty fun. She just knew his entire playbook. Instantly. Yeah. She knew it was 50 million. And she knew what would fuck with him. And like she was she was creatively trying to come up with a proposal that would piss him off. And she didn't quite land it, but it, it was still funny to make him choose. I mean, yes. What a scenario in which to grow up, right? Unavailable mother and father. And then two people who's just still living inside of the acrimony of the divorce and whatever terrible marriage it was. And you made $20 million in a day, but you're still eating pigeon with gunshots in it. (laughs) (laughs) Order a fucking pizza or something, Caroline. Did you know how she she was compulsively eating those biscuits while she was talking to Kendall? (laughs) (laughs) Because she couldn't eat that pigeon. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, that's going to do it for us on the TV Book Club for my guests Jake Hoy, Ian Lu, and Anthony Kant on the third. We'll see you next week for another fantastic episode of Succession. Succession.